Welcome to Costume Party, the pop culture podcast chatting style on screen. I'm Lydia. I'm Hattie. And we're your unqualified yet enthusiastic hosts tearing the style of film and TV past and present to threads. Just a heads up party people, there might be some spoilers, so we recommend watching ahead. Now let's get into it. Welcome back. Thanks. As you mentioned on a great... Yeah, sorry, that was poor timing for me. <laughs> um, yeah, thanks. Uh, I enjoy coming around here. I'm glad to be back. My favourite hangover hangout. We're at my flat. Mm. Um, I've come around to be served a cheese plate. <laughs> and um, third wheel with Hatson and her boyfriend. I like to be a good hostess, you know. Yeah, absolutely. We've got a roast coming later on, which George yeah. is going to make. See all the mm. all your hangover needs. I'm absolutely I'm ready. I got someone to tell all my stories from the night before too. Yeah, that's why I Elite. wanted you to come mm. round. Really, yeah. It's I mean, it wasn't worth it. It was, it was definitely worth it. I there was my weight more, in cheese. There's more like live updates coming through when like, and I was there for it. Mm. I can't tell you all mm. what was happening, but it was fun. It was some hot tea. <laughs> We're all on the journey with me. There's even some stuff that I've not even covered with you yet. Oh, God, okay, Because I was well, just like, I've talked too much about it. Let's save it for a rainy day. Yeah. Mm. Um. So, in other news, what have you been watching? Um. Not masses. However, I'm very pleased to announce mm-hmm. that I've watched a really great documentary, which is currently oh. on BBC iPlayer, which is really important topic and really well done, I think, they explore the themes and topics in a really nuanced but a, a kind of accessible way. So I'm talking about Tan France Beauty and Bleach, which is obviously about um, skin yeah. lightening creams and their use um, by well people of kind of various communities, mm-hmm. but particularly um, people in South Asian communities in the West as well as. Um, in, South, in mm. South Asia as well. Um, one of my very good friends, Gazelle, worked on it as a oh, researcher. Cool. Yeah, really cool, which is how I found out about it. Such an interesting yeah. job. Oh, absolutely. She's super, super clever, super brainy. Um, and I'm very, very proud because I know I'm biased, Aww. but it's genuinely a really good a really good documentary, really interesting and mm. also very important. So, Is it all, is it like one documentary? It's not a series? No, yeah, it's one cool. standalone episode. Oh, I'm, I'm definitely going to watch that. I also mm. really love Tan France. I love Tan France. Actually, also for you as a Tan France fan, mm-hmm. I think it's a really good documentary to watch because he talks about his own mm. experiences of racism and his childhood and where he grew up. He grew up in Doncaster. Mm. So it's very. if you are a Tan France fan, I think it's a really good way to get to know about him yeah. and where he comes from and... Kind of the experiences that shaped who he is today. Interesting, okay. Mm. Yeah, I will definitely watch it. Mm. I have mainly been binge-watching what we're talking about on this episode, to be honest, because Mm. I hadn't watched any of it, so I went right back to season one, Mm. and in a week I've got through, like, the whole thing. Which is impressive. Um, I will say, I think I got through series one in about two days, so... Fair enough. Mm. Um, But we'll get there, we'll get to it. Mm. But I have obviously still been 
loving my Disney Plus subscription. Mm. I'm a bit like a kid with a new toy. Mm. Like I don't want to like I don't want to go on Netflix. I mean yeah. I do, mm. but I'm like I want to watch something on Disney Plus mm. because it's new, and I'm like yeah. I have to find something on like my new channel. But um, I have not really watched anything new on Disney. I've just been carrying on with the Kardashians. Um, and then in other reality TV news, Real Housewives of Beverly Hills season, I think we're on season 12, season 13, I think it's 12, started this week. Exciting. And I have to say, I think it's the first time I've ever cried at a reality show. Oh, wow. Or oh, it's definitely the first time I've cried at Real Housewives. Maybe I've cried at like yeah. other shows. Um, it was really intense because one of the women on the show... Dorit Hemsley was her house was broken into last year and when they started filming the show Mm. um, it coincided with that happening that was like right when they started Mm. filming or sort of similar time that's where they they kick off the series Mm. is that happening to her Mm. Um, she was held at gunpoint oh my god and her husband wasn't at home they'd been on holiday and he was still away but her kids were at home it was just so, like, to watch mm. is obviously really scary. And just, like, mm. seeing her... We've obviously not seen, like, a lot of the aftermath of her mm. dealing with it yet, but we've just seen the sort of, like, instant... Response. Yeah, like, mm. our first day after. Mm. Um, but what was really nice to see... Mm. And I know reality TV gets a lot of shit for, like, being very fake. And, yeah. you know, a lot of it is often mm. scripted and don't oh I also watched Sunny Sunset don't even get me started on how fake <laughs> that was the series um but I think that some of the friendships you can tell which ones are so so genuine mm. and the people who went to her house as soon as this happened and yeah. like really did rally around her and like I think that was all so genuine mm. and she's sort of like referred to that on social media about who was there for her and that's, nice. that's actually nice mm. to to know that, okay, that bit, that aspect of it, mm. despite all the scripted drama, mm. or whatever you want to call it, I know they wouldn't say it's scripted, but that that is somewhat real. It's really yeah. nice as a viewer who's been very invested in this show for like 10 years <laughs> to know that, okay, mm. I actually do like buy into these friendships. Yeah. And that's part of the reason that I like the shows is to watch the friendship dynamics. And yeah, I find that really interesting. Mm. So. It's a social study, you know. It's not all it about is. just, like, trash TV. So, yeah, I watched that. Um, and, uh, yeah, just, like, Selling Sunset. But, I mean, quite weak this season. Well, the drama was good, but I don't... I wasn't that invested in it. Mm. And it just felt very fake. I also saw a TikTok yeah. that said... I mean, everyone will have seen a TikTok where people were saying... Um, I think... I think it's Jason one of the um, main brokers is on the phone and mm. you can see on his phone that he's not actually on a call. Um, and it's like a really serious conversation mm. where they're selling, like making a deal and then he, it's, you can see like his all his apps in the background and it's like, um, that's not, you know. Oh cool. God, that's poor. So poor. Level of production because how many stages will that have gone through? Yeah, and no and one's noticed. But then even worse, I watched a TikTok and this, I mean... You know, can't prove the sources, mm. but or whatever. You know what I mean? <laughs> I don't know if the source is right, but she said she met a producer of the show 
and she was like, obviously we all know it's a bit fake, mm. and they like scout locations and stuff yeah. for the show. But sometimes the production also scouts the houses that they are selling. So wow. they like find the houses. So even the actual real estate bit isn't that real. That is mad. But they're starting a new one called, which is still Oppenheim, mm. selling the OC. So we're doing Orange County. So that looks like it's going to be quite dramatic. Yeah. I mean, Orange County always is. If you go off the Housewives franchise, I think Orange County always serves good good drama. Well, it actually hasn't this season. Hasn't it? Well, Mm. it was the OG, though, But it is, yeah. Right in its heyday, it was Mm. the best, for sure. Mm. But they've tried to reboot it, and it's not really, like, worked. Right. Which has been a shame. God, I'm just mm. going to start a podcast where yeah. I just talk to myself. I was going to say, <laughs> that's all from our uh, Trash TV correspondent, <laughs> Harry Cockmore. So, <laughs> shall we get into the actual topic for today? I think that's a good shout. So, today we're discussing Russian Doll. Mm-hmm. I'll do a little synopsis for everyone. Please do, because... I refer to my notes. I don't have one. Um, so, it's a Netflix... It's a drama series, mm. but I guess you could say it's drama comedy. Mm. There are there are humorous elements. It's I did dark laugh. humor though. It's, yeah, very dark. Humor. Very dark. Created by Natasha Lyon. Is that how we say her name? I always read it as Leon, but is it Leon? What? It 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 could maybe it is. I'm Lyon. not sure because of the e on the name on mm. there. Yeah, <laughs> really on the name. Oh, you know, <laughs> the e on the end of her name. Um, Amy Poehler, what a girl, mm. and Leslie Headland. So it's all female creators, which is really cool. And Love. they all directed, produced. So Natasha also plays the lead character, but she, whilst playing the lead, also directed an episode. Mm. So they all were involved in like the production and direction as well. So the plot, um, basically, it's predominantly set in New York. It's kind of hard to go into detail without explaining every single episode because it's quite confusing series it is such a complex series like so much happens mm. but um nadia played by natasha and alan um the one of the other lead characters find themselves stuck in what they refer to as a time loop mm. so they're essentially stuck in this one night so it's um nadia's 36th birthday party or, well, it's her 36th birthday, mm. she's at her birthday party, mm. and she keeps dying. <laughs> so, don't know why I laughed at it, was just, it is, it's very dramatic. But it's but... so, like, well, mm. yeah, like, so she dies, and then she wakes up in the bathroom at her friend's house where her party is a few hours earlier, mm. and she's like, what the fuck? And this keeps happening, and she'll, mm. like, die different ways, and she keeps ending up in this bathroom, and is like, what is going on? Meets Alan, finds out similar, the same thing is happening to him. He's mm. dying, waking up in his bathroom on the same day, and then in the series, it's it's a weird plot. But it's, it's a so weird good. place to wake up. Don't it is. Wrong. I've woken up in a bathroom before, before. <laughs> but for slightly different reasons. I have some theories on that actually. What's your theory on that? Well, I think it's because when they wake up, they're immediately looking in the mirror, the bathroom mirror. They're always, like, over the sink looking in the mirror. Yes. Looking at, and they, it happens to both of them. They both mm. have a mirror above the sink. Mm. And at one point in series one, all the mirrors disappear from the world. <laughs> Again, it just doesn't make a lot of sense when you throw these things in, if you, you know, like, if, mm. you, if you've not seen it all. But all the mirrors disappear from the world. And I think that was, again, because it's all about the whole 
overarching, mm-hmm. not lot plot, but like what's threaded through kind the plot. Their, their message. Yeah. Mm. Is how time is sort of all linked and as an individual you're linked to all your own timelines mm. and your family's timelines so it's all about like looking at the self yeah. in your life so I think that's where the bathroom thing comes in because mm. it's a place where you're generally I guess like it's quite private like you're by, yeah. they're always by themselves because mm. they've gone to the bathroom alone they wake up in the bathroom just them looking in the mirror. Yeah. So I think that's where the bathroom thing comes from. Mm. Especially because she's at a party. I don't know where else she could wake up and, like... I mean, they could have made it any room. But it it's very much like she is trapped. She has to unlock the door to let someone in. When she yeah. wakes up, someone's always knocking mm. on the door. Mm. It's very much like just her alone. And I think the mirror is key. She has to really look at herself in order to start letting people yeah. in. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and that, really just to kind of quickly summarise as well for um, everyone listening. So series two came out on Netflix mm. a few weeks ago. Yeah. Really recent. Mm. Um, and it follows the same story, same characters, but in season two they're... <laughs> God, it gets weirder and weirder. It really gets so weird. I actually don't think this series makes much sense, if I'm honest. No, either. But basically <laughs> they can time travel on the subway. So they mm-hmm. get the number six subway train and they can travel but through their own family's timelines. Yes. So Nadia will like go back to 1982 but she's her mum. She's in mm. her mum's body. Pregnant with herself. Which is weird. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but that's where the whole Russian doll effect thing comes from. Yes, right? Like the name. That makes sense. Yeah. The li- like mm. what? Well, yeah, of Russian dolls, the little wooden dolls mm. that are like stuck inside each other yeah that's that whole i think that the name makes more sense actually in series two it does when they're going on those t- and mm. it's like they're the russian dolls yeah and she's seeing like different versions of herself and her family mm. from the baby which would be like the tiniest doll yeah to i guess like her grandmother was maybe the biggest yeah the baby that probably she goes back mm. or does she go further than that her great grandma no, i think she goes to her gra- i think her grandma is the furthest she goes back um, so yeah, and they're sort of trying to work out what does that mean, why can they time mm. travel, can they change anything, should they change anything, so again it's sort of like looking at the self, mm. but they're exploring it in the show through time travel. So what confused me about this series, is, yeah. so I should preface this by saying series one is mm-hmm. one of my favourite TV series of all time wow I was obsessed I watched it with someone else and we just like it was one of those where it was like should we watch another episode should we watch another episode I did love it yeah and I think it was it was just so different Mm -hmm. and I do have quite a dark sense of humour actually yeah and so I think and I think that's something that Netflix does really well dark dark comedies like with Afterlife that's just something that they always just pitch perfectly I think because it's real like people can mm. relate to that <laughs> absolutely and I wonder whether because Netflix sometimes has a bit of a a sheen mm. there's just a certain it does never gets too dark or mm-hmm. too gritty even if someone's like dying on the birthday 10 mm. times in one series it's still like there's something light-hearted I feel like yeah because I of mean... the way Netflix productions usually and I think Natasha's acting as well. She's very oh, good yeah. at that. Did you watch Orange is the New Black? I watched a couple of episodes. But she's Nikki. Yes. Nichols. Yeah. Nikki Nichols. 
Um, and I think she has the sim- a similar, mm. like, she brings a similar humour to that character. Yeah. That's very, like, self-assured in a way, mm. even though that's sort of not the point of the plot here, but gets quite pissed off quite easily and, like, isn't afraid to show yeah. her anger towards things, mm. all the inconvenience of things that, like, things having an effect on yeah. her. Um, hey, I'm walking over here. <laughs> Um, so I think she really does that really well as well no she does she is a great actress but I think just with series 2 it didn't really make sense to me because it felt like the overarching message was we can't really change anything so don't try like everything's Mm. just inevitable because basically some treasure some family treasure Mm -hmm. gets lost at some point down the line and it's the fault of it's Nadia's mum's fault. Mm-hmm. And so she goes back to the time period when that occurs and she thinks that her mission is to save the treasure. Then she ends up going back further and further in the family timeline and trying to save it from the Nazis because her family's Jewish and they had all their kind of family possessions taken off them mm-hmm. during that period. And But then eventually, like, she doesn't end up with the treasure anyway and she just ends up, like breaking time because she accidentally yeah. gives birth to herself as her mother and then takes herself she kidnaps in, herself she kidnaps her baby self <laughs> and takes it into the present day and just breaks time and eventually has to return herself back to the 80s and then go back to the present day herself and doesn't have the treasure and it's just the the message just seems to be you can't really change anything so get on with it yeah I and i just mean. by the end of it i was like what have i watched and why okay so Shall we chat a bit more about the costumes specifically? So, I mean, thoughts in general, because when we decided we were going to do this, I did say to you yesterday, I feel like there's not really that much to say because mm. it's not there's not a lot of variety. No. But actually, in that, mm. I think there is a lot to say. Yes, I agree. Upon I reflection. There are, you really have to drill down to find the details but like with any costume it's everything is chosen for a reason Mm -hmm. which I think is proven in this and I think the common thread for me was probably I well I think looking specifically at Mm. Nadia rather than the show as a whole because I think here costume obviously always plays a role a different Mm. role for different characters because it's about how you show that character's personality and identity yeah. and stuff. But here, I'm thinking specifically about Nadia. The common thread for me was sort of like her having a uniform. Mm. Everything she wears is very uniform. Yeah. And I guess that's because for the nature of mm. what she's doing, she's literally like running around. Mm. Did you watch The Good Place? Yeah. And Jeremy, Jeremy Barramy. Do you remember the Jeremy Barramy effect? Vaguely. Where they say... This isn't a spoiler for anyone that's not watched or hasn't finished The Good Place. But everyone should watch it and finish it because it's so good. They say time doesn't move in a straight line. It's more like a Jeremy Barramy. And it's it's like a a big squiggle. squiggle. And I think it's supposed to look like someone called Jeremy Barramy or something. Oh, didn't it kind of spell out Jeremy Barramy? Oh, yeah. Yeah, Mm. yeah, yeah. Um... But that's like kind of the vibe here. Mm. They're like running around time. Yeah. It's very 
back and forth, back and forth. And she does, she does end, end up looking kind of like a crusader. Mm. She's on a mission. Yeah. And she, her sure. coats, everything she wears tends to be kind of cape-like. Yeah. So she's got the uniform, she's in structured silhouettes. Mm-hmm. And she does seem like a bit of a superhero with her cape. Yeah, so. yeah, that's what I'm mm. That was so true. And she does refer to herself at one point, doesn't she, of being a bit of a mix between the little girl from Brave, mm. she says. And I can't remember who she mixes herself with. But it's interesting, yeah, to think of her as being more like a... I mean, Brave, Brave isn't a superhero story, but it's mm. like... Sort of hit heroin. Yeah, it's the it's a kind of he- the heroine saves herself story. Yeah, because she Nadia yeah. has bright um, red hair as well, like really curly yeah, hair. That, yeah, so yeah. she does look like the character from Brave. Yeah, but also she's got that kind of drive yeah. and self assuredness of the character, which again I think is reflected in the style in the styles that she wears. But I think just to hop on what you said about. It almost like it doesn't mean anything because mm. what was the point? Because mm. they couldn't change anything in time. Yeah, and Alan says, doesn't he? Like, do you not see? Have you not seen films about time travel? You should never go back in time and change mm. things. Like that's literally like. Yeah. He doesn't call it time travel one hundred and one, but or maybe he does. Something he says something to those yeah. to that effect. Mm. Like, obviously, you don't go back and change history because that's the worst thing you can do if you're a time traveler. Yeah, the butterfly effect. Yeah. And then they kind of learn that, okay, yeah, we actually can't change anything Mm. anyway. That's not the point. The point, I think, is learning that it's okay what Mm. happened Mm. and it doesn't need to be better. Right. They don't, like, that time, what happened in the past is still now. All the time is, like, happening at the same time. Yeah. (laughs) So time so many times. But it's like everything is in this Jeremy Bearing me, like mm. everything is just happening. You can't change anything. It's already a part of you. So you just have to be you now. Mm. So I think it's interesting that it seems like on the outside, she's got very distinct style mm. as if she knows herself really well. Mm. And is like, I'm really like tough when I wear like, chunky ankle boots and black jeans mm. and a big and she always has um a blazer and a coat on um and something I thought was interesting is she never carries a handbag so that is interesting because they thought it would be like too much the costume team thought it would be mm. like too much mm. for her because she's like running around like it's all yeah. so chaotic that she doesn't mm. have time She's not got time for a no. which does make sense because also when she then finally does get a bag for reasons mm. within the plot at some point. She oh, leaves yes. it on the subway. I, when she put it down, she walked off. I was like, babe, I know exactly what's going to happen here. And as a New Yorker, you should yeah. know. Seasoned New Yorker, you should know. Just don't leave your stuff unattended on the yeah. subway. It gets stolen. Obviously, that was a, a, an absolutely appropriate choice for the character because she can't trust it in a bag. And when she sees it again later, she can't pick it up. It's mm. too heavy. Mm. It's like, that's too much for her. Yeah. Metaphorically. But also, yeah, she just has everything. She stores everything in her pockets and she's mm. always, like, frantically, like, looking for, like, her cigarettes and, like, the clues that she brought mm. back from 1982. <laughs> like, I have so much, actually, more that I could say on the plot. I'm trying to focus on the costume. Yeah. I have so many questions. <laughs> um, but I think it's interesting that she has this really hard shell. Mm. And 
then she tends to wear quite feminine blouses underneath. Yeah, she does. She wears, like, white blouses. She's got a great red one at one point, mm. which is from End of the Story. Oh, okay. They wore a lot of High Street, because she has... Obviously, she's, like, in the same day a lot, mm. especially in the first series. Yeah. She, like, does the same day again and again, mm. and they have a lot of stunt doubles, and mm. she was dying a lot, so sometimes there was blood. <laughs> She'd need to have a lot of repeats of her costume, mm. so they'd have to buy more than one. Yeah. So they did a lot of high street. Mm. So they did, like, her jeans are from Gap. Right. Her boots were actually Natasha's own ones. Okay. Um, and her stories H&M, some Zara... Mm. And then they do have some designer thrown in there too, but yeah, really interesting. Yeah, she I looks think great. It makes sense for her. They've gone for a very kind of New Yorker style. Mm-hmm. They've definitely encapsulated, I think, what you stereotypically, stereotypically yeah. think of a New Yorker as wearing, which is kind of an all black, classic, classy kind of colour palette. Yeah. And structured, tailored styles. Yeah. Because she does wear, like, a tapered skinny leg. Yeah, With always. a boxy jacket, like a kind of blazer, or a kind of an overcoat with a big collar. Yeah, it's very, like, masculine, mm. but with, like, a sprinkle of feminine yeah. thrown in. I'd be interested to see if it does if they get signed for season three. Mm. If, as the show goes on, even when I say this, I'm like, is it going into the future? Because now it's just like time doesn't even exist. But I feel like it would be interesting to see if they soften her clothes anymore because I feel like she's going on quite an emotional journey mm. in accepting herself. Yeah. In season one, she kind of like accepts who she is. Mm. It's more about how she's treating her friends and, the, yeah. and then her accepting, okay, this is what I can do in my life now mm. to make myself a little bit of a better human being. And then season two, she's looking at the past of how she thinks her family has affected her. Mm. So I'd be interested to see if she, if she carries on going on this like journey of identity, Mm. if her clothes soften at all. Cause I feel Mm. like they haven't thus far. Yeah. Maybe that means she's still got a lot to learn. I don't know. It's like, Mm. it's like the layers aren't coming off. She's not like getting to that. Like, yeah initial feminine blouse layer Mm. i'm not saying she should i'd expect her to be more feminine necessarily but i'd expect her being more in tune with her emotions and understanding herself that maybe she would lose a bit of the structure yeah which i think is her being showing she's in control Mm. so common thread then generally was Kind of structured shapes, uniform, the idea of, I guess, an armour. And then personally, I just add in, black was obviously a motif. Yes. She mainly wears black. And I guess if we're looking at it very simplistically, Mm. she's constantly dressed for a funeral. Yeah. And I don't know whether that's to do with the fact that she's constantly dying. And then she's constantly going through other people's lifetimes, so she's then not in her own body. Or whether yeah. it's to do with her own kind of nihilistic view of the world. I think both. Mm. She's a, surrounded constantly by death in some form. Yeah, even if is. it's not like she's going to a funeral. Mm. It's like she she's died. Mm. Or she's just in mourning the yeah. various things in her life. Mm. What was your... Who was your best dressed? 
at the party this week. <laughs> <laughs> so my best dressed was Maxine on the way to Budapest in the airport. Oh, okay, wait. I think I know what your favourite is going to be. Because I'm saying Maxine for sure. Nice. Played by Greta... Lee. Lee. If Greta Lee. Girls. Mm. Which I still haven't watched yet. And I love Maxine. I think possibly she's my favourite character. She's easily my favourite character. Also, I think she... I can so see you wearing so many of her I, outfits. I love so many of her outfits. Like the hospital... Actually, maybe the hospital outfit is my favourite. The pink wears, one. Yeah, the pink fur yeah. coat. And then she's got that like leather body harness over a yeah, pink so cool. collared shirt. I just think my version of Maxine, like the Maxine outfit that I would wear, is when she comes out of the airport really jet-lagged. And she's in a massive kind of dusty blue, kind of dove grey puffer jacket. Oh, really yes. And she's got like, her eye mask on. Yeah, she's got a fuchsia pink eye mask. So cool. And then a massive neck pillow, like a pink and grey <laughs> neck pillow. And there's just something about... that. It feels so American, that outfit. Yeah. In terms of the whole, like, the neck pillow, the high maintenance. Mm-hmm. I'm flying... I mean, it will have been long haul, to be fair. I guess, yeah. as Europeans, you know, we, we do, like... It's just, like, yeah. on a bus, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Well, not quite well. the same. That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the girl who hasn't been on a plane since 2018. <laughs> just as I like, getting the... 314. Um... But I feel like that was a very American look to do the whole, like, mm. I'm getting on a plane, I'm going to have all of my essentials. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's giving, I've got a 10-step skincare routine for yeah. oh in the in-flight entertainment self-care. She definitely procedure. has a 10-step skincare Absolutely. routine. Absolutely. I bet she takes, like, those sheet masks to yes. wear when she has a nap. 100% she mm. did a, a sheet mask on that plane. Yeah, and, and that's what I love. But then I also love how it's also like, but I'm not high maintenance because I'm just in a massive puffer jacket. Yeah. And I can nap wherever I want because I'm essentially wearing a pillow. <laughs> yeah. That, and that's what I look for in my clothes. Maxine was also my best dress. Of course. I really loved when they're in Budapest and they go to the rave mm. and she's got a silver biker jacket on. Yeah, absolutely. Which they had, Mango did one, like a... I'm going oh, a few okay. years back, and I thought it was so cool, and I was it was quite expensive, so I didn't get mm. it, but I kind of wish I got it now. I just thought she looked so cool, and the rest of her outfit was like quite simple, but mm. the jacket was just like, I'm here. Yeah. Same with her hospital outfit with the bright pink coat you mentioned. Mm. It was very like, I am here. Yeah. And that's at a point where they jump in time, so I can't remember what her first, hosp- her second hospital outfit is like, a bit more subdued. Mm. I think she's just in like quite. I think she might be like in a knit and jeans or something. It's yeah. like quite dark colours mm. or black trousers. Mm. And then it when it flips, and you see Lillian um, Max then on the other side of the waiting room. Because mm. it does it jump two week a week or whatever, mm. and she's then all of a sudden in this, like, hot pink. Mm. It, like, accentuates the time change so much as well. Mm. So I really loved that. I like her sweet birthday baby outfit. Yeah, I loved that outfit. And we obviously see it a lot. That's pretty much all we see her in. And in fact, we do see that in series two as well. Yeah. At one point, don't we? Because she really loves the party. Mm -hmm. She just dresses really great. She dresses so great, Maxine. We should say as well, the... Costume designer for this yeah. was Jen Rogine. Rogine, 
I'd say Rosie. I'm really sorry, Jen. I don't know how to pronounce your surname. Rosie? Um, Who had also worked on Orange is the New Black. Ah, uh, okay. That makes sense. So... They, yeah, they sourced from, like, High Street, High End. She has, like, some vintage pieces. Mm. So I think that's quite cool mm. that it felt like that's actually how Maxine would yeah. shop. She would just, like, find stuff where mm. she finds stuff. And it just works. Yeah. And I love that. So, yeah, that's my best dress. Um, you worst dressed? Well, Who did you think was my best dress? Do you know what? I don't have a worst dressed. Interesting. Because I think for worst dressed, I would need someone who was a bit more standout in mm-hmm. how badly they were dressed. I mean, I have outfits that weren't my favourites like I'd, I don't think I'd personally choose Lizzie's wardrobe it's mm. a bit beige for me yeah also I'm not sure I'd always wear Nadia's wardrobe like I like it for a winter work look yeah. or a funeral <laughs> but, but then again we know that I dress as Wednesday Adams when I have a funeral to go to so not really saying much oh well that's a true story unfortunately yeah <laughs> I do have a funeral dress which not disrespectfully no I just no it was, it was a nice dress when I got it but I then did realise it looked suspiciously like Wednesday Adam's dress and I did then offer to lend it to a friend when she had a Halloween party to go to oh. she wanted to be Wednesday Adams but she said that might be a bit intense bringing <laughs> an actual funeral outfit to a Halloween party like, yeah, yeah fair play fair play um, I know what you mean no one was, like, badly dressed. No, I don't think anyone was. Um, I would say, and this is no shade on the costume department, mm. because I think it worked. Now that I'm thinking about it, I'm I'm going to argue myself out of this. But my, the one I was most sort of, like, I wasn't disappointed, that's going a bit far, mm. but I would have liked to have seen Ruth in some of the, like, more yeah. exciting outfits. Mm. Oh, it's raining. <laughs> um, it's very aggressive. And I get that, actually, her clothes are quite pared back. She wears, mm. And, like, in the 80s, she wears, like, little blazers, suit, skirt suits. Mm. And it's all quite, like, prim and proper mm. is how I would describe yeah. her. And I think that that's because she was supposed to be safety and security Mm. that's what she represented in how she looked and Mm. then that was who she she was that person for Nadia that was she I think she says she's like the best she wasn't her mother but she says like the best mum she could have had or yeah the best like second mum or Mm. I can't remember the phrase but she feels like Ruth was the one that really raised her and was there for her because she was stable wasn't she yeah and that's what I think Mm. her clothes reflect yeah but I also feel like she probably was a bit of a gal like I imagine so we get this little vibe from Ruth sometimes Mm. um especially in the 80s played by Annie Murphy yeah loved her thought she was great a la 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 Mm. Alexis yeah (laughs) (laughs) um so I feel like, oh yeah, I just feel like she would have been a bit of a good time like when she's driving and, the, and like, smoking. And mm. I just feel like she was probably quite cool and it would have been... Yeah. But that, it wasn't right for the plot. It didn't make no, sense. No, I get that. Maybe if there'd been more of a Ruth subplot, mm. maybe we could have seen a bit of an insight and she would have had some exciting, like, party fits. Absolutely. But I get that it made sense. I just think it would have been cool if we could have seen another... Yeah. 
aspect of Ruth because I really liked the character. Mm. So yeah, I'm gonna go with that. Okay, that makes sense. I'm glad that you've you've brought more to, to the table on that, <laughs> that, that front. It's hard because no one dresses badly. No. And we don't see, it almost feels at some point like everyone is just wearing one mm. outfit. Yeah, I know what you apart mean. Apart from Maxine. Definitely. Because I think there are such subtle differences between yeah. the different outfits that Nadia wears as well mm-hmm. that you don't fully register that it's a new time and she's in a new outfit. Yeah. And also when she's hopping back and forth in time, her outfit stays the same. She's always in present yeah. day clothing. Obviously, other people, when they see her, see her as a different person in different clothes. Yeah. But they but keep her in her clothes, which I think is quite interesting. Yeah. She obviously is that kind of crusader moving through time. Yeah. She stays true to her identity throughout the whole, whole process. Yeah. I just feel like I have so many more questions about the mm. plot, but like, let's do that on the podcast, because yeah. that's not... What you guys are here for? No, absolutely not. Um, thank you for listening. Yeah. Please share your thoughts. You can message us on Instagram, on TikTok, at Costume Party Podcast, Twitter at Costume Party Pod. Just you know, <laughs> slide into the DMs. Yeah. Let us know what you think. If you've watched Russian Doll, if we want to know. Confused as us. Yeah. What did you think of the ending? Is there going to be in season three? I hope there's a season three. Mm. I feel like I'm not done. No. And I'm glad because I feel like I persuaded you to watch it as well. Yeah. So I'm glad that it's not been a waste for you. Yeah. And I just really loved Natasha in it. I just think she's so cool. Mm. I thought, yeah. Like, she really played the character. Mm. Really well. I found her really believable. Yeah. So, yeah. Let's leave it there, then. Right, we'll see you guys in another week then. Going for our roast now? Yeah. Well, George is cooking it currently. Yeah. (laughs) Thanks, everyone. Hope you have a lovely week. Bye. Bye.